This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Check this out. It is free. No, I'm serious. It's free, 100%. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor then distributes that podcast for you, and you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from that podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And we're back on Lauer After Hours. Hey guys, thanks a lot for joining us. We are joined tonight with uh, some Lauer Rangers by Mike O'Donnell. That is at MikeOD43 on Twitter. How you doing, Mike? Really good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, Mike, you are a CBS Sports uh, anchor. Is that uh, correct for, for basketball games? Uh, almost, you almost got it. I would say you're 80% the way there, uh, which is, which is good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a color analyst for CBS sports and ESPN. Yeah. So I do the really easy work, right? I don't, I don't have to do play by play or anchor. I'm not smart enough to do either of those jobs. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I stick with the color analysis, the really the easy stuff. Well, you got the looks for the job. How about that? Oh, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me, <laughs> including my wife. So thank you. I appreciate that. Mike, stop it. You know you're a dish. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> I do. You know what? You guys are the only, I've never heard dish in my life until I heard it come from you guys. I, I think that's, I, I'm disappointed I haven't heard, not, not like me personally, but I would say dish is such a great term. I want to start calling everybody a dish. I, I like it. You're, you're, you're just a full on meal. You're, you're not just a dish, right? Well, now I'm, I've got a little back sweat and I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna pass around the uh, the questions here. Uh, first, I'm gonna kick it off here to uh, to Jeanette there in Los Angeles. Jeanette, I so since you kind of came off and said uh, that you just do color, I did want to ask what would be your dream commentators for the Final Four and the championship game. So you can choose from professional and college basketball. And that would be your team to call um, the games this year. Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, uh, I'd have to say, okay, I'd have to think about play-by-play. So I'm going to come up with the other people. Um, For sideline, I'd probably – well, I'll come back to that in a second. Definitely color, I I want Bill Raftery. I think if anybody knows college basketball, they know that Raft is just, uh, you know – 
he'll tell you that he's a, was used, never used to be a, a, a Hall of Fame coach, but he's a Hall of Fame broadcaster. And he is absolutely the guy that, you know, when you listen to a game or watch a game that you want to have a beer with. And there's also a good chance that he probably will want to have a beer with you after the game too. And for that reason, Raph just is a glorious human being. And I would want Raph as the color analyst. Play-by-play um, -play play is definitely Gus Johnson. He's with Fox now. Gus Johnson used to do NCAA tournament games. And when I was a player and when, and then when, I, when I retired of being slow and old and unathletic, um, I still love Gus calling games. And I'll watch Fox games just to listen to Gus because uh, this is, you know, I, I know you guys want really good content here, but, you know, for, for Gus, um, his emotion is so spot on in the big moments every single time, but he's also super knowledgeable about the game and he sets up his color analyst really, really well. So if I had Gus Johnson play by play, and then Bill Raftery um, as, as the color analyst, I, I, I think it would be incredible. Sideline reporter, um, I'm not sure. I, I, think the best, I, I think the best storyteller, I would want someone who's a great storyteller. I think the best storyteller in the business right now is Jen Lada of ESPN. I think she's exceptional. Um, and uh, she's got a great combination between just being really professional, but also uh, being lighthearted at the same time. And I, I think Jen, La Jen Lada is one of the, she's one of the best storytellers in the business. I think it'd be, you know, that, that, that trio would be phenomenal. I would sit and just watch, I wouldn't even watch the game. I would just listen to them. It'd be great. Those are great answers. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you approved. I appreciate it. Yeah. Jen Lada is actually a friend of the program. She was on with us uh, over, over the last summer uh, and she was phenomenal. Uh, all right, we're going to pass it over here to uh, to Mark. Mark. So, Mike, uh, late 2019, you reached out to me looking for show sayings that you could say during a broadcast. So I guess my question is, uh, how long have you been listening to the show? Did you realize this was a good way to get recognized on the show? And then how did your employers, uh, did they notice you were dropping the occasional line? <laughs> so, um I had been listening to the show. Um, I, I think I've tweeted this out before. <clears throat> so, um, and thank you for responding, by the way, Mark. Um, I, uh, I couldn't tell you the year, but it's, it's going on at least six years, uh, at least six years of listening to the show, maybe leaning into the seventh. And uh, I, I, I've tweeted this out before, and I've even told Chris Cody, I was like, do not tell Dan, this is the reason like how and why I got in the show. And I was just literally going through station to station. like, I just need a good new different like sports radio in my veins. Like I need something different. It's just the same stuff. And I came across um, an Orlando uh, ESPN station. Uh, I, I hit it right when a back in my day started. I mean, the old, the, the jingle, the whole thing. And I'm like, I was getting ready to change it because I thought it was just some old timey channel talking about God knows what. what kind of and is. I was like, I, I listen and it, it is, but uh, I listened to it and I was like, it was about the rocking, it was about a rocking chair, the rocking chair. I'm like, this is, this is maybe the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And I was just, I'm listening to it. 
And then the, I was getting ready to turn off the show when the weekend observation started because um, I was like, I can't take the beep. I can't take the beep. What is this? This is driving me crazy. And then um, I, I was like, I need to keep listening to it because I feel like I just don't understand what's happening. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, I 100% understand and get it now. And as soon as I got it, um, it was, it was just like, it was total, um, it was content that I couldn't get anywhere else. And it made me think I probably disagree with Dan on 85 to 90% of the things that he talks about. And I absolutely love that about the show is I love the fact that he makes me think. And I love the fact that he doesn't take himself too seriously. You know, it's kind of a serious answer to the question. Um, but that's when I kind of started uh, listening and I really got into the show. Um, and um, I had, one of the things I wanted to do was I just didn't have when I was doing being a color analyst about two years ago, I really tried to own just being myself and, and having um, being two things, which was ridiculously and absurdly prepared in that I probably only used 25% of my notes throughout a broadcast. And I'll go through hours and hours of film and notes and um, and, and articles and conversations and text messages with the strength coach and the managers. And um, I just, because I don't have a big brand, I'm not a big name, I just have to be so much better than everybody else. So that was one side of it of being super prepared. And the other side of it was like, I just really wanted to also have fun and be me. And I just want to own it because if it wasn't going to work out, I didn't want it to work out by not being myself. And part of being myself was like, I was like, I just really like the Love Guitar show. I just think it's awesome. I think it's fun. And I was like, I'm going to just incorporate some show lines into it. And, um, uh, and so I did it and I, and everybody really kind of seemed to like it. Um, it hasn't helped ascend my career inside of ESPN, but they haven't said anything, you know, and I've never gotten an email or, you know, said, Hey, you know, you need to stop doing that. Um, I don't think they love it. Um, but, uh, uh, it's certainly something that, um, I enjoy doing. Um, I think a lot of people stopped doing it. I, I know I kind of stopped doing it one, because I just, I got, ended up getting a ton of CBS sports games. <laughs> you guys may not, I just couldn't, you know, morally drop Levitard show lines and CBS sports games. I couldn't do it. I know you guys will probably crush me and yell at me for that. And rightfully so, but I just couldn't do it. Um, and, uh, I, I do think though, that, um, there, there, there is a place that, you know, there is a place for stuff like that. It's just got to fit a certain way. Cause if you try to force it in there, it, nobody will like it. Not even the, the guys in the show won't even like it. We try to force it. So it's gotta be kind of fun at the right time. And, um, uh, uh nobody's told me to, 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 to totally shut it down. Um, I'm not going to aggressively keep doing it because I feel like I, I flooded it too much and it stopped being cool. And the last thing I want is the guys to not think that I'm someone who's just like flooding all of this, like forcing my, because I didn't really, uh, I was totally, totally shocked 
that they put it on the show. God's honest truth, completely shocked. I was so shocked that I didn't even know it happened until a buddy of mine, who's a good friend, that I had no idea listened to the show, shoots me a text message with about 17 curse words in a row, just screaming and cursing at me. Like, please tell me that, that this is you. This is actually you right now. And I was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but your aggressive tone is really bothering me. Can you take it down a notch? And he, he calls me and goes, you're on the show right now. And I was like, get the fudge out of here. You, you got to be kidding me, man. And I turned, I literally turned on the TV and I'm like, this is, this, this is really cool. And the guy, the guys were, the guys, the guys were great. They, they were just really, uh, really awesome. Well, I'm surprised you're surprised because they, I mean, you should see the people they put on the show who mentioned the show. It's like the smallest of regional broadcasters and you're doing actual ESPN games. So I'm surprised you were surprised. That's all. But I think you did a great job and I got uh, you here on this, on this podcast. So don't say well, I didn't get you is, anywhere. It's a big bucket list is to be on this podcast. podcast. There's no question. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, they, they were really, um, they were really great. And, and everything you've ever heard about the guys just being nice and good to, they were over and above just exceptional to me. Thank you. Can I follow up, follow up to that? I'm sorry. What was the easiest line to work in and what was like the hardest in those broadcasts? Oh man. Um, I'd have to go back and look. Well, the easiest line is, you know, the kid can really scoot. I mean, that, that was the easiest line because it's actually, people have said that before, like, and then not even related to Levitar show. Um, so that was the easiest line. Um, I would say, I, 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 I don't want to make a mistake here and say it was the hardest, but actually the most perfect one for me was when it was, uh, when you had the hammer, you got to use it. And on a big dunk, honestly, it was perfect. Um, even the producer was like, what a great line. That's awesome. And I get, you know, just did they, that no, nobody knew, um, and uh, it was really, a, um, it was a really cool, um, I, I just thought it fit really well, you know, uh, especially it, it just kind of came, happened, it was perfect timing, you know, split second. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I think about the hardest one. It might take me some time. I have to come back to that one. We, we can always come back to that. Um, let's, uh, let, let's kind of jump out here to the, uh, to the West region here. Uh, number one, Gonzaga. Um, who is uh who's someone that is kind of poised to come out of here other than Gonzaga? Wait, this isn't a sports sports show. You guys really want me to break down break down the games? You guys really want me to break this down for you? I mean, a little bit. All right. <laughs> okay. So your question is uh, out of the West, uh, who could threaten Gonzaga? Correct. Uh, so I don't think anybody can threaten Gonzaga out of the West. Um, but I, I, I and I'll tell you why, and I'll tell you a team that quote unquote it, it, it is possible. So Gonzaga is the best college basketball team I have seen since the back-to-back national champions, Florida Gators. Um, they have four first-round draft picks. Um, they are remarkably unselfish. They're big, they're athletic, and fast. Um, absurdly efficient on the offensive end. Um, and they don't get enough credit for how good of a defensive team they are. Gonzaga plays as if they are preparing for the NBA playoffs. And as if they've been playing together for 30 years and they uh, Jalen Suggs is one of the best point guards I've seen in the last five years. It's, it's an incredibly well put together roster 
And I, I just, I mean, even the most recent Kentucky national championship team, I think wouldn't be able to hold a candle to this Gonzaga team. They're that talented. They're that good. Um, they're that cohesive. So, uh, and, and now you want me to pick a team in the West after saying all that, who could possibly. <laughs> so I have been really big on Iowa all season long. They've had the second best offense in the country behind Gonzaga. Now Gonzaga manhandled them in the first half of the season in non-conference play. I think uh, uh, Iowa's defense, their defensive, defensive efficiency has increased by uh, close to 30% since the last time they played Gonzaga. So they are a much improved team defensively. But uh, Iowa, I mean, they're the number two seed. That's a little bit chalky, I know. But Iowa has an offense that can, if Gonzaga puts up 90, they can put up 85 and make it a game. And you're never going to, to grind out wins versus Gonzaga. They're just too good. It, that, that type of play doesn't exist. Uh, you have to go almost bucket for bucket for them um, and try to get their guys in foul trouble. And because Iowa has such great shooters and they got Luca Garza, who will end up being the player, national player of the year, that's, that's the team in the West and really one of two or three teams that could compete with the Bulldogs. So do you think that West region is going to go all chalk? Yeah. Um, uh, well, well, mostly here's i I'll give you, um, I'll give you some anti chalk talk. Um, I actually had the Ohio Bobcats twice this season. Um, uh, Ohio is a bit of a trendy pick to make the sweet 16. And the reason for that is because they're actually really, really good. They're out of the Mac. Um, they have a player named Jason Preston who dropped 31 on Illinois in a non-conference game earlier in the season and kind of exploded on the national scene. Uh, I talked to three different NBA scouts about Jason, and he is a legit NBA, pro, uh, NBA talent. Uh, he's a hybrid guard um, who there's uh, – I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but uh, NBA scouts describe him as a layered point guard in that he sees three lines of defenses in the pick and roll simultaneously. And it's a very rare thing to do for a college point guard to have. In, the, in a recent championship game, the MAC championship, he had 21 points, five assists, five rebounds, and five steals. He just does everything. And he's a big point guard. He's about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he's that kind of – he doesn't play like Steph Curry, but he's that Steph Curry talent that can win games against teams. You're like, wait a second, the Ohio Bobcats are beating Virginia in the first round. Yeah. Ohio's really good. Um, and, uh, and they have an NBA player when, when you're a mid-major and you're a good mid-major, but you have an NBA prospect on your team, it's very much like, remember when Lehigh beat Duke, when Lehigh was a 15 seed and Duke was a two seed and CJ McCollum went on that absurd run in the tournaments you have, to ha you have to be a good team and you have to have that NBA talent to go and run. And Iowa is, I mean, I picked Iowa to go to the Sweet 16. I picked them to beat Virginia. And I think Creighton will beat UCSB. And I think they, I think they can beat Creighton to get the Sweet 16. I, I really like that pick. Sounds good. Awesome. We're going to uh, pass it over here to, uh, to Jeff out there in Orange County. Hey, Mike, it's Jeff. Um, so allow me to, done, Jack. I just say, well done. And I should have done that at the beginning and I'm sorry, but, the, but well done, well done, Jeff. Well oh, thank done. you. I appreciate that. Um, so first off, allow me to say that you're wrong. And the answer is USC. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I have to get my back annoying Trojan yeah. yeah. taken. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, Most overrated power conference in the country is back to, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, 
this is kind of a general a basketball in general sort of question because I think it's kind of fair to say that over time the NBA game kind of trickles down to the other levels, right? Um, or you see guys pulling up for three a lot more in in high school from six feet beyond the three point line and stuff like that. And but I guess my question is because of the nature of college basketball where the talent tends to be so spread out across i mean it's concentrated with a couple schools but generally speaking you know you might have one really good player on this given team or that given team um how have you seen the college game kind of evolve relative to the nba game and how do you see that progressing oh man how much time do you have Uh, that is a great question because it it, there is a lot of progression right now so uh the nba uh pours into analytics at a level that's at sometimes even hard for me to comprehend. Now, I'm not a very smart guy, but I love the game and still study the game for fun, like a total basketball weirdo. But um, uh, analytically, it just makes no sense to shoot mid-range shots. And I'm, I'm sure you probably guys have probably heard about that. And it's, you've listened to that before. Um, uh, and, and what you're seeing is um, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers who won the championship are um, they've had, they have guys that shoot mid rangers like LeBron still shoots the mid range. If you want to shoot the mid range jump shot, uh, if you practice the mid range jump shot, the, the, the statistic in which to whether you get the green light or not is usually 45%. If you shoot 45%, you know, anywhere outside the paint, you're allowed to take that shot. That's like the normal thing. Um, and uh, so in the NBA, there's very few mid-range guys, and it's a lot three threes or layups, threes or dunks. That's what you want. So you're starting to see the trickle down in the college game. I think the best team to watch that does that ex- really, really well is Alabama. Uh, Alabama is absolutely a dark horse Final Four team. Uh, they have uh, an awesome offense. It's just driving kick. That's it. There's no great secret sauce to it. They have a lot of athletes. They have a lot of great. Um, um, uh, they have a lot of great uh, playmakers. Every single guy on the court can shoot a three. And why that's exhausting is because college defenses for the last, geez, I don't know. Let's just say thirty years. The concept was this: if you force a drive and kick, right? A player drives into the paint, kicks out for a three. If you force a drive and kick, that was considered good defense because you didn't give up a layup. Now, if you give up a drive and kick, it's considered really bad defense. So individual defense has had to increase in college exponentially. And, and it's one of the reasons why you're seeing a lot of teams like Alabama and Creighton take full advantage of that because most colleges, most players aren't, aren't good enough to be one-on-one really good defenders. They're more good in a system of defense. So um, you're seeing the offense shift to where it's drive and kick. Um, was that Finney, by the way? Um, you're seeing an offense to where it's, it's drive and kick and, you know, out for threes or dunks, threes and layups. But what you're saying is there's when you're when colleges are recruiting players, they're looking for two things. If you can defend one on one and I'm not even trying to be like simple cliche stuff here 
if you are a legitimate good one-on-one -on -one defender and you're over six feet tall, you're probably going to get looked at from a division one aspect. You don't turn the ball over and you play good defense because college scouts, excuse me, college uh, assistant coaches need individual defenders now more than ever because of how good individual offen uh, offensive players are. And um, you're seeing that change. And the other, the other, you know, it used to be if you were six, four, and the only thing that you could do is shoot threes and you couldn't play defense, you're going to play D2, D3, NII. If you, if you shoot over 50% from three and you're six foot four and you can't play a lick of defense, you are getting a division one scholarship. Everybody wants the three ball and they should, and, and, and they really should. I wish I played in this era. It's totally ridiculous. I'm not six, four, but um, I, I just wish I played in more of the three ball era. Um, uh, if you can shoot the three, you are going to get recruited at a high level because then they will teach you defense and then they will cover up for you because giving up a fast break dunk means nothing. If you are making four out of five threes a game. And so that's kind of the, that's kind of the fabric of what you're seeing and, and, and how, how even the recruiting game is getting changed. So, so to that point, then does that mean in the relatively short term, the demise of zone defenses in college? Cause that's always been kind of like where the zone well, defense exists. Right. I mean, that's, that's its home. So no, I don't think it, I don't think it's ever going to go away. Uh, the zone defenses have changed and they've morphed. Um, uh, zone defenses have more man-to-man -man principles than ever before. In the last two or three years, if you're playing a zone defense, a matchup zone defense is super effective. Um, uh, they th there there are plenty of teams that do it. Um, trying to think of a good team to get an example, but you know, when you're talking traditional two, three zone, right. The first team you think of in college basketball, is Syracuse, right. I mean, they, they squeak in the tournament almost every single year because of their two, three zone. Now they haven't changed it at all. There is, I mean, that thing is the same. It, it, it is almost the exact same, but it's super effective because there isn't an athlete that's under six foot five. So they may have traditional old two, three zone principles but they're space eaters. And if you're contesting three-point shots, and the great thing about that two-three zone is if you only have one or two three-point shooters, that two-three zone forces you to take shots that you don't practice. Any great zone defense forces you to take shots that you don't practice. Contested jumpers along the baseline, corner, wing, floaters over an outstretched arm, Nobody practices those shots. And that's, that should be, oh, wow, hey, that's very obvious, you would think. But that's what is uh, really good zone offenses are designed to do that specifically. I don't know if that answered your question or not. No, no, totally. Appreciate, appreciate. Uh, this is you, deep X's and O's stuff. I was like, going to say, appreciate like, you nerding out with me all for day a little bit. You guys want to switch it up. I feel bad. but uh, No, you know, no, yeah, is, no. I, 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 I can too, but probably not everybody uh, can. So I will uh, let it go at that, but appreciate it. And I look forward to Evan Mobley crushing your bracket. <laughs> He's really good. He might probably the second pick in the draft. He's really good. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Uh, we're going to go up to the uh, the Great White North. Schweitz, you're up. How you doing, Mike? Uh, so I am up in Canada, and 
they really do not show a lot of college basketball coverage uh, on in the media here until uh, March, generally, just because the, the sports media landscape's a bit different. It's messed um, up. It's so messed I, up. It's, it's, I feel, I'm really sorry, man. It's, it's really it's, terrible. I'll, I'll live with it. Okay. Uh, but, um, you know, so I don't get to watch a lot of these teams going into filling out my bracket. And I'm just wondering, um, with the fact that they're sort of bubbling in Indianapolis, are there any teams, are there any changes to the tournament this year compared to other years where it's going to create an advantage uh, for teams that wouldn't normally play up to the hype? Yeah, if you're doing basic things of filling out your bracket, I would tell you this. Um, uh, you need to look for the most senior-laden teams. Um, and, and it's not like it, you're, you're, I'm, I'm saying it in terms of um, – you know, well, he's just got a bunch of veteran guys, so they all know how to play. Yes, it's part of that. But um, when you're talking about um, chemistry, and then you're also talking about um, nobody had any summer practice. Uh, very few teams had scrimmages. No, almost nobody had scrimmages. Teams just crushed with non-conference play um, because of COVID. Uh, the teams like Iowa, like Gonzaga, like Baylor that are so successful. Yes, they're really talented, but 95% of the rosters have been playing together. Um, and uh, uh, that's really important, I think, filling out this bracket because it, it's true. Like I, I was talking to players and coaches today. You can't leave your room. You're, you're in there all day. If you're not practicing, you're in there all day in a room by yourself. And look, it's like in a you know, three and a half, four star hotel. It's not like you know, the end of the world. Um, and uh, the food may not be your favorite, but it's, it, it's, I think it's like you get like five meals a day and snacks on top of that. So it's bountiful for one uh, a high major assistant coach said it's a bountiful amount of food. Um, and it's just really boring. So uh, if you're like a really young team that is hoping to make a big run, I don't think I would be cautious of that if you're filling out a bracket. I think it's, you know, it's a good time to look to the old guys who uh, have been there before, understand the tournament setting and, um, and, and, and keep, it, keep it as simple as possible. All right. Thank you. I don't know if you heard about, but um, I, to kind of keep it more fun, uh, and the NCAA had to kick six referees out of the bubble. I don't know if you heard about that because the referees went in to check into the hotel and the room wasn't ready. So they went to get a bite to eat and they went to the restaurant. They came back did their COVID test, tested positive for COVID, got kicked out. So six of the top referees in the country, you know, so it, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of a bubble drama, uh, some, some bama or, 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 or uh, drama <laughs> bubble, uh, some drubble, some drubble in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. All right. Um, so Mike, we're going to, uh, we're going to attack the, uh, the East region here, but we're going to do this a little bit differently. Um, what mascot is winning a Royal Rumble from the East region? Oh man. Um, well, initially, so you've got some, you know, you've got the BYU Cougars. I'm always afraid of, uh, of Cougars. I'm sure there's a joke in there somewhere. Um, I don't even know what a Hoya is. 
the Buffaloes, you get a herd of Buffaloes coming down the pipe. That's dangerous. I mean, um, they're, they're taking out Tigers. I would assume like the LSU Tigers would have no chance against a herd of Colorado Buffaloes. Um, but the, the Seminoles, I feel like the Seminole, a Seminole with a spear can take out any predatory animal uh, uh, given um, the skill with the spear. So I'm assuming that this, the Florida State Seminoles have a great skill with the spear and would probably, because I mean, you know, you think a Seminole is going to be threatened by a Maryland Terrapin? Probably not. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the Alabama tie, though, oh boy, I don't know what you would, I think you got to go, I think you got to go elephant on this with the, with the, with the tide, right? I mean, what, what animal can take down an elephant? I don't even think one, you know, a Seminole can do that. I'm doing it. Yeah, I, I'm doing it. I'm going the Alabama Crimson. I'm going the I'm going the elephant for the for the Alabama Crimson Tide. I just don't think, I just you know, uh, slow and steady wins the race. You know, it's a good mass. Um, you got a lot of friends around. I'm, I'm sticking with the Alabama Crimson Tide and the element and the elephant. Perfect. Mark it down, right now. All right. Uh, next, we've got uh, our foreign correspondent from Australia. Can I backtrack one you second? Can. One second. No. 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 Okay. So <laughs> I, I did make a mistake. I'm sorry, Mark. Uh, I, I, I owe you, buddy. Um, Iona, the Gales are coached by Rick Patino, And I don't know if there is an animal that could outlast Rick Patino in any stretch of the imagination. So I think I would like to uh, rescind my vote Okay. And go with the I, I, um, Iona fighting Rick Patino's. <laughs> oh, but that's only if it's at night. If it's during the day, advantage the other side. Well, most if, if Iona makes it a Sweet 16, all the games are played at night. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll put an asterisk next to that. Yeah. Well, the uh, the Gales and the Tide play at uh, at four Eastern on Saturday, so I think they're uh, they're going to get knocked oof. out in that first round. Oof, yeah, oof. good good call, Jeanette. Yeah. Great call. It's nighttime somewhere though. <laughs> it's it's going to be a quick game anyway, like ten seconds. Real quick. <laughs> Morgan. Some people say that's not quick, but I'll leave it to you. <laughs> Morgan, you're up. Um, yeah, sorry, not, not to make this the Rick Patino podcast, um, but I wanted to see which one of the FBI's favorite demons um, is going to go further, Will Wade's team or Rick Patino's team. Oh my gosh, what an amazingly difficult question to answer. Um, I'm going to say, I, listen, I've got them both getting knocked out, but I, I think I think that uh, Will Wade uh, will evade any uh, 5-0 in the brackets uh, farther than uh, uh, Rick Patino and Iona will. They've both, they've both got an ability to evade the 5-0, I've heard, um, which is good for them. But um, I'm sorry, Schweitz, I don't understand how you don't get any co- coverage of college basketball because it's all that's on here at the moment. And I'm very all far hockey. away. Oh, it's hockey. all hockey. Uh, we, don't, we don't get that. We don't know what that game is. Yeah. Is Ionia, are they talented at all? I mean, has he done anything noticeably? Again? Well, no, has he done anything noticeably better? Yeah, because, I believe he oh, dropped yeah, the we, ball on the pronunciation there. We, Can yeah, you, we, you we pronounce that again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't good um, at all. Like you put another letter in there. Yeah. No, no. It's, it's not Ionia. 
That, there's Ionia, Michigan, uh, close to me. That's why I say it. So wow. Uh, okay. How you do you say it? Let me talk at bracket breakdowns, and Mark doesn't even know that an I <laughs> Iona school exists. Iona. Iona. Yeah, he's adding an N. You did it. Yeah. He's, well he's, done. That, he's making it Latin. Yeah. Can I, <laughs> can I ask my question? So for Iona. No. Are they? Has he done anything noticeably different with this team? Because they make the tournament on a regular basis. Like, is he? Yeah. He inherited a really good situation. Um, they were really talented. I mean, they made the tournament really, I think, four of the last five years. Um, they're, they're, they play faster than they have in the past. That's kind of, in its basic sense, that's about it, uh, what they do in terms of being different. But he inherited a really, really good roster. Really good roster. Love Iona. Iona. <laughs> there you go. Iona, yeah. Uh, uh, Schweitz, can I ask you a question? Um, a little off topic, and I'm sorry if I'm getting a little off topic here, but I know you don't get a lot of college basketball in Canada, but can I tell you a TV show uh, that I don't know it's going to make you proud that I, I can't stop watching, and that's Letterkenny? It's a great show. Okay, so all I want to do is I have a new goal. If I can incorporate pitter-patter into a broadcast, um, I will have died a happy man because uh, Letterkenny – is uh, so absurdly brilliant that um, I can't stop watching. I'm sorry, totally off topic. I'm, I, I derailed the whole thing, but um, I, I just wanted to give some Canadian love to, to Schweitz there. I'll take it. It's yeah, it's a it's a wonderful show. There's a lot of stuff you could probably uh, incorporate in, especially with all the fast talking that they do. You know, you can just work them in one one after another but yeah bitter patter so i've i've infiltrated actually a lot of assistant coaches in college basketball with letter king i've got about five or six guys that are obsessed with the show right now and one of the things that they do now is you know like when i was playing at ucf um uh, the thing that if a somebody was playing soft or wasn't playing hard we would call them Charmin. that's Charmin. you know it's that's that's you know for the toilet paper you know and, and there's a normal thing of in Letterkenny where they call someone who's not, you know, doing the hard work or choring enough, uh, 10 ply, you know, like, you know, two ply toilet paper is supposed to be the softest toilet paper. Well, 10 ply has got to be that much softer. And so I've got assistant coaches across the country that are like, ah, we were 10 ply last night. You know, we were terrible. So I, I, I just for you, Schweitz, I have infiltrated college basketball with Letterkenny. Wonderful. You probably, when somebody, uh, if somebody gets a block, um, what was I just in effect? Well, I mean, you can work allegedly in pretty easy one, yep. with just any yep. shot that goes up. Yeah. Uh, man, I just had one and I lost it because I was thinking of something else. Well, pitter patter. Anyway, come on, man. Yeah, no. Pitter patter, get it in. Yeah. So I think I cut anyway. off Morgan like 17 times. <laughs> Morgan is still there. I, I just feel really bad because Morgan is so nice. And uh, do did, did you have a question, Morgan? Because I cut you off so many times. No one's ever said I'm so nice before. <laughs> there you go. That's true. First that, that, is, that is true. It's true. No one's ever, ever accused me of being so nice. No, you answered my question. It was about Patino. And, oh, okay, okay. And we'll wait. So you forgot it already. That's even more offensive. I, I I forgot what I had for dinner. I told you guys I'm not a very intelligent person, so so don't don't. I've got me. another question, but I can wait. It's all right. And and I thought of my answer when uh, somebody gets a block, you can just yell hard no. Oh, fantastic! Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely perfect. Yeah, I love it. Love it. You guys need to watch Letter Kenny if you're not watching Letter Kenny. I'll, I'll put that on the list. Uh, Jeanette, you had another question. Right. So 
let's say you're on the floor for the championship game. It's been decided. There's confetti's falling, cutting down the nets. Woohoo. You're going to the MVP of the game. A la Jim Nance, what article of clothing that you are wearing would you award to this wonderful player? Oh, wow. Um, that's a phenomenal, phenomenal question because, you know, would you do basketball shoes? Like if you did like golden basketball shoes, that would be really kind of cool. Um, you know, you, you wouldn't do socks, you know, you can't do, you know, you're not going to do tights. That's way too weird. Um, you know what? I'll tell you this, and I'm going to add in a little, a bit of my flair. If I think if it was a clothing award, I think Bill Walton should hand out the clothing award. And I, sh I think it should be a, a, a Bill Walton headband for the MVP. I think that would be super cool. I think the way that Bill Walton would be able to promote that and use that would be awesome. And uh, I think getting, you know, guys putting on the headband right away, the Bill Walton headband, I think would be really, really, really cool. Well, quick follow-up to that. Um, do you, I, I mean, obviously it's their whole shtick and everything, but do you ever feel really bad for Dave Pash? Because oh, he's trying day. so every hard. Day. Yeah. And he God, he's trying too, hard, man. man. And it's like, it's how, how do you, you can't play point guard with, with, with Bill onto your side. Like, what do you do? There are two guys that are perfect for play-by-play -play for Bill Walton. Dave's one of them and Jason Benetti is the other. Uh, they, they are terrific when they're paired together because they are uh, so dry and sarcastic. Benetti actually more than Pash. Um, uh, but Pash is such a pro. Uh, the, you know, I, he's got to have some type of clause in his contract that for every game, he gets a 1% increase in his salary that he has to do with Bill because there's just, just he in its, in its, I guess, professional sense, he lets it ride at the right time and he pushes at the right time in an awkward way. And it just makes it, it makes it really good. There are times to where, yeah, you're like, okay, Bill, you know, you know, let's, let's, you know, well, let's take it down a couple notches, but he is so, he's so entertaining. Like it, it's hard not to love the guy. Appreciate it. So we're going to, uh, we're going to break down the, uh, the South region here. Um, Boy, okay. What is a, uh, what's an underdog that can make a run from the South region? So oh, Winthrop. Anything nine, nine or nine or above there. Yeah. 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 Winthrop for sure. Um, uh, especially that first game. So Villanova is without their best player and Kobe, Kobe East player of the year and Colin Gillespie. He's out with a, a season ending injury. Um, as a tough as nails kid and Villanova was, you know, they, they've been great all season, but they are a totally different team. They aren't even close to the team that they were when Gillespie was on the floor and Winthrop um, uh, is uh really in the big South, they were the best defensive team. They had, they might have a top 10 man to man defense in the entire NCAA tournament. It is really, really, really good. Um, and super locked in. They run a four out one in offense. They got a big guy in the post that is really efficient down low. They got a bunch of shooters on the perimeter. 
Um, I actually have Winthrop going to the Sweet 16. Um, I, I think they're that good. There's really, really – the other thing that it's rare to see a mid-major team be that deep, and they can go 10 guys um, – uh, they can five, six guys off the bench. They might play 10, 11 guys in a game. Um, I think Winthrop is a serious threat uh, to make the Sweet 16. Perfect. Sounds good. Um, we are going to pass it over here to Drake. Do you have a question? Yes, I have a, uh, I have a question. Um, so let me start off saying Winthrop. So I'm in the upstate of South Carolina. Winthrop is kind of my local, the local team for, um, for the team making the tournament closest to me. Winthrop, um, experienced guard play, hell of a coach, um, old coach at, uh, Winthrop, um, I expect the uh, the good old Winthrop squad to make a, a good run in the tournament this week uh, or this month. So, uh, anyways, so what out of all the teams um, in the tournament, in terms of mascots, who would you place would be the closest mascot to – who would you pin down as the mascot for the Levitard show? Oh, wow. What an awesome question. Give me a second. And I'm going to talk and do like the Dan thing while he's talking and do and, and formulating his thoughts at the same time. Sure. Um, that's a like really, it. really, really good question. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. Really <laughs> thank good you, question. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, my initial reaction is to go with, you know, you do the, you know, the obvious Alabama Crimson Tide where you've got, you know, the, you know, the elephants. Um, but um, let's, let's, let, let's, sure. let's think about that. I got to tell you that I, I would tell you this. I actually think, you know, do you know what Wichita State's mascot is? The, the, the Shockers? Shockers. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the mascot is, Gross. is, totally unique and and bonkers and yeah. i think it, it, they try to make something that doesn't exist you know it, it and actually put a face on it and i think the shockers would be a pretty good i would assume the guys would have a really fun time with uh uh, uh, uh using the shockers mascot as well i think that would, i think that'd be the that'd be the winner yeah i think another sleeper um would be the Yukon Huskies, because so your Huskies, <laughs> you have, you have, you gotta have a. They're a pack of dogs, man. You gotta have a pack. So the the show yeah. is, they're they're as good as the whole unit is. If one if one dog's down, everyone can tell. You know, they're a little slower. They're not as good. They're not as chippy. Um, sure. So I thought I this was Husky- just gonna be a fat joke about yeah, Dan. I, I thought Husky has in the way. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. Like, you, yep. you, you, yep. you, we were zigging, you zagged. That was that was impressive, Drake. Really, <laughs> you impressive. blew right past the joke there. Yeah, and Zaga. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. We're gonna pass this over here to Murph, uh, who is now Goat Piss Mike Ryan fan account. Good to see you, buddy. Oh yeah. Uh, at what age did you decide you wanted to be a color analyst? Um, let's see. That was uh, 30 years old. No, uh, 29 years old. 29. Yeah, I, um, yeah it took a long time. Um, and uh, uh, your new uh, name, by the way, is, is, is just so beautifully aggressive. I'm almost, almost uncomfortable. Um, I- 
but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, about, uh, I, I didn't get into it right away. I should have got into broadcasting when my brand was the biggest as the fifth best point guard coming out of Conference USA in 2008. Um, so I, uh, um, I, I, I did quite a few things before um, broadcasting and um, spent a lot of soul searching. And right at 29 years old, light bulb went off and went after pretty hard. Gotcha. You and Mark should be a dreamy broadcasting duo. That's what I think. Called, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I'll be your agent. I'll be your agent. You could totally cover Ionia games. Ionia. Yeah. Morgan, are you doing your makeup right now while you're while you're uh, uh, filming a podcast? Yes, Mud. I'm sorry. Wow, that's no, no. You, 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 you do you. I just think that's incredible. Sometimes she, sometimes she bakes. Yeah, sometimes I bake. One time I, I did sew my mouth shut, and Jorge Sedano couldn't speak to me because I couldn't speak back. But I'm sure he wasn't offended at all. No, probably not. For, for the record, have... she didn't actually sew her mouth shut. It was makeup. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, yeah. I did. I actually do have a broadcasting shut. makeup story. Um, if you guys want to hear that. Absolutely. Um, I've only worn makeup once in my entire life, and I'm still um, a little bit uneasy about it. But the first game I ever did for CBS Sports, I walk up there, and you know, you, you've got the play-by-play guy sitting next to you, and usually have like a product, uh, uh, like a production assistant uh, sitting right next to you too, that is there to kind of help with little odds and ends stuff. And uh, I sit down, and she goes, "Hey, um, um, you know, we're getting ready to go on soon. Uh, who's?" Uh, who's doing your face? And I was like, doing my face. What do you mean? <laughs> he says, yeah, who, who's, uh, who's, who's making you, making you, you know, look good. And I was like, okay, hold on a second. Um, you know, I just usually go to the bathroom and grab a paper towel and just towel off. And, uh, you know, the guy's you know, play by play sitting next to me, he's got his compact out and he's, you know, he's hitting all the, all the, the shiny spots and, and he's like, yeah, come on, man. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta put a little bit on, you know? And uh, I said, look, I'm okay. I don't think my dad would allow me back in the house if I put makeup on. Um, it's very Irish Catholic home. There'd be no way I could do that. And she's like, no, 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 I'll do it for you. If you don't have any, I'm happy to do you know, a little bit for you. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm good. Thank you. And um, this went back and forth for about 13 minutes. Um, <laughs> solid. And people are starting to trickle in, like people are starting to come in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really making me uncomfortable. I'm like, I've never denied makeup so many times in my entire life. And she, finally she says, this is the line I got. She says, honey, this is high definition TV. You're going to want to put some on. And I was like, oh man, I got the honey. I got the high definition TV. I was like, clearly I'm not a very attractive individual. And so uh, I was, she had to reapply shortly after my face because when she was putting the makeup on i was sweating so much and being uncomfortable that i actually sweated through that first round of the makeup uh, because not of not about nervous about being on tv but just about having someone put makeup on me on my face while it, people are staring at me it was it, it 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 was not an uncomfortable experience at all yeah <laughs> don't know if that was a decent story or not but that's my one makeup story that, that's, you don't that's want perfect to look shiny. you don't want to look shiny those lights are no good for anybody uh, apparently not, apparently not. <laughs> so we're going to break down the, uh, the last uh, region here the Midwest region 
Um, why is Loyola Chicago going to come out of the Midwest? Cameron Crutwig. Have you not seen Cameron Crutwig play? Come on, man. I mean, that guy's an absolute tank. Uh, he he, he do- doesn't look like he should be on the basketball court at all. But Cameron Crutwig is awesome. Um, he is uh, one of the mo- he's probably a top 10 most efficient post player in the country. Um, he uh, really single handedly beat uh, Kansas State two years ago when Loyal. Yeah, two years ago when Loyal Chicago uh, went on that miraculous run uh, in the Elite Eight. And uh, uh, he's back. Uh, Porter Mosier. Uh, I hope he stays at Loyola Chicago. He's the head coach. I don't know if he's going to get a lot of offers, but they're just really efficient on both ends. But Cameron Crutwig is a load down low. Uh, the guy is an absolute tank, and uh, he's really fun to watch. He looks like, you know, um, uh, you know, if you're doing the looks like game, he looks like he's going to average 35 in the adult YMCA league on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Um, but he'll, but he'll drop 25 on anybody in the country. Uh, he's a tank. He's really, really good. So, so talking about the, uh, the looks like game and obviously March sadness, it's that time of year. It's everyone's favorite time of year. What is your final four of the looks like of March sadness? I don't have it in front of me though. I don't, I don't, I don't know all of them off the top of my head. Well, what, what are your four favorite? Can you do four off top of your head? Can anyone do four off top of your head? I don't think head? I can do four off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not like, so like we failing. count the babes here, babe. <laughs> how, about, Jesus. How, about, how about give us your favorite Adam, Adam Silver looks like? Andy Reid has four himself, doesn't he? Okay. Uh, At uh, least. Let, 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 me, let me think about that. The um, I like the Mina Combs one. Adam Silver looks like a light bulb. It's Vern Lundquist looks like a bubble is the only thing. That's the best one. Yeah, the, 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 the Adam Silver one is uh, is really yes. – So did this uh, – I saw a screenshot. I don't know who – I think it was the Lebitard Show uh, Twitter handle did a screenshot of Greg Cody next to Max Mom for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Did you guys see that? Yes. Because that was – scary and how much it looked exactly alike i was i at, at first i was laughing and then i was like oh my gosh greg um uh, that, that was that was that was eerily similar i think greg cody deserves uh, looks like max mom from always sunny in philadelphia that would probably be a new he's he's definitely got got a play-in game for sure yep there it is schweitz is actually holding up here to the screen uh, and yeah, that it's 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 spot no, on. No, no, I hate it. <laughs> I, I I can just see Greg Cody chain smoking heaters. Uh, we're going to take this back here to uh, to Murph. Murph, you got another one there? Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, the whole Meghan Markle drama? <laughs> Mama. Mama. Oh my gosh. So I'm two days behind the show. Is there a new show joke in there that I totally missed? No, it's just okay, the drama. From that question. No, okay. just an odd question. Um, <laughs> an odd question. So I think I would say that I didn't watch it. Um, I 
don't really care too much about it. Um, but I hope that everybody gets along really well and hugs it out. How about that? Very nice. Perfect. Bravo. Perfect. That, that, that's a great answer. Yes. Well, yeah. well, well done. Yeah, thank you. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Really skirted the line there. Yeah. You avoided <laughs> any landmines. Thank you. I try. Jeff, you have, you have another question. That is question not a Diana about... joke about landmines. Continue. Wow. <laughs> God, she walked through a landmine field. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Settle down, everybody. Uh, Jeff, you have a question about Rick Patio? Yes. So, so um, upon upon some uh, googling here, I've come to the conclusion that Doctor Naismith originally created basketball in 1891. So I'm going to give you four um, potential answers to this question. You pick one. It's the 1800s, the 1900s, our current century, or the 2100s. Which will be or was Rick Patino's best coaching effort? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go the 1900s. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, that's probably the right call because, you know, he, <laughs> who knows how the next two, three hundred years is going to go for him. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mike, I, I think that's going to about wrap it up for us here. Um, thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, on the count of three, let's give Mike a, uh, a big thank you. Uh, one, two, three. Thank, thank you, Mike. Mike. Thank you, 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 Mike. Dish. 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 Easy, Jeanette. Absolute dish. You guys are the best, man. That, uh, thanks for having me on. I hope, uh, you know, uh, you guys do such a good job of uh, creating content. I hope I was able to um, have some decent content for you guys. I mean, really, I was thinking about this the other day. The last little parting shot, um, guys created a podcast about the show, and you're crushing it. I think I think there are plenty of uh, plenty of podcaster groups or individuals that this thing would have would have totally crumbled on itself. And you guys are crushing it, man. I'm really happy for you guys. It's awesome. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks, Maud. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is not yes. a real song. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.